We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, welcome to the NBA DFS pregame show. The DFS pregame show in general. And depending on what's on, we had football before. We have basketball now. Baseball becoming soon. Who knows what's going to happen on the morning show. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, a.k.a. Blender HD, a.k.a. the guy that's hopefully above you in the contest that you're playing. Because we're all playing together. And I'm going to root for myself first. You can't, be, can't put it against me. And uh, I did play yesterday's uh, 12-game NBA slate. I, I mean, I'm assuming you did also. Uh, crazy, crazy day. I mean, we always see this on large slates, right? Large slates, uh, questionable tags. You know, we, we, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what what unexpected things are going to happen? Uh, so uh, it was it was nuts news wise because like this guy's out, and then that guy's out, and then this guy's out, and then like Value City, and then which one's gonna what, what chalk is gonna bust? What's the good value? Then you have to weigh the difference between the values. So it's very interesting for GPP, especially on a twelve game slate when we get much more condensed ownership due to the fact that there are a lot more uh, value players, inefficiently priced players, due to 
uh, last-minute uh, injury news and players not playing. So uh, we're in the YouTube chat right now. If you have any questions, we're going to do half the show is talking about yesterday's slate, going over strategy stuff. What did top players do? How you can implement that on today's slate or going moving forward to, to help out your GPP game, uh, primarily on DraftKings because we have Results DB, which is free. If you go to rotogrinders.com slash Results DB, you could do you could do this. This is what I literally what I do every morning. Okay, I've been playing for four and a half years. I consider myself a good player. I'm a profitable player. Uh, I still study top players every single day because I can I, I want to get better myself. So we're gonna look at that. And if you have any questions, feel free to post them in the YouTube chat. And uh, I know we have a free chat going. I'll try to look over there. It's in, it's on the other screen. I'm sorry. But if you're in the YouTube chat, uh, I can see your questions. And I'm drinking coffee. This is my second cup. Okay, second cup. I got, I got up a little earlier. So my second cup. So if you're on your second cup of coffee, hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel, right? If you want your players to do well tonight, I know it's only a three-game slate. Hit that thumbs up button. And also, today on Grinders Live, uh, if we get up to 200 likes on Grinders Live, not not that you could you could hit the thumbs up button on this, but it doesn't count. I don't know why they didn't. I, I don't know why I'm promoting this. I want you to hit the thumbs up on this. But uh, at 520, Grinders Live, if, you, if we get up to 200 likes, uh, they're going to make one of the Roto Academy videos that I did uh, like maybe two months ago or so, uh, completely free on YouTube on Friday. And that's, that video was me and Britt going over my, my complete MME process. So from start to finish of how I built for whatever slate that was in, through Lineup HQ, what I looked at, what I did, what my exposures were, what my groups were, what everything was. Everything, you know, the, the same process I do every day. Obviously, the players change and the strategies may change from day to day. But you'll, you'll get to see that. If you're a premium member, you've already seen it, right? We have courses like this. We have videos like this in premium. Rotogrinders.com slash premium. So for 40 bucks a month, like you get it all. You get all the learning. There's hours upon hours of premium video. All of the old Roto Academy courses that typically you had to pay a little extra for, they're all included. So, I mean, they, they go back years. Game theory, construction dynamics, you know, just basic tips and everything, things that analysts have written for over the course of what? Roto-Grinders has been around for like nine, 10 years. You get all of that. So if you get 200 likes on Grinders Live today, you'll get my my little, uh, it's like about an hour long, a complete MME process video that is in premium. You'll get it free on Friday, I believe on YouTube or they'll post it on the site. I don't know how it's going to happen. It's going to, it's going to beam into your eyeballs. I don't know how, how that's going to happen. But we got Devin in, uh, in in producing, which is great, so I don't have to look at a million different things. And uh, the chat is going up. Trey, triple up last night. Good to, good, good, good to see that. We got Brandon in the chat. Steven, Steven Smith in the chat. No, I don't think that's the same Steven Smith. Uh, Goaded Braun in the chat. I paid $10 a month. I made like 1K. Thanks, Roto-Grinders. Okay, that's pretty good. Uh, trying to, okay, people are saving up. Uh, if you're If you're playing... At least, you know, 10, 20 bucks a day in, in, in daily fantasy, like the $40 a month just pays for itself. I, I mean, it, it, I, I was a subscriber. Like I, people look at me like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing analysis now. Like I was a subscriber for three and a half years, like as a no one. That's how I learned how to play DFS. So you get premium, you get all the Roto Academy courses, you get everything. 
So, so find me there. You get the Discord. I'm in the Discord all day, pretty much arguing with people, but discussing strategy. Uh, and, uh, and and there's a whole community in there. And it's very active, typically 24-7, NBA channel, all the sports channels. So go, rotogrinders.com slash premium. So let's get to yesterday's slate. Okay, yesterday's slate. Okay, yesterday's slate was a headache. Oh, my God. You couldn't make lineups until like 6.30, essentially. Because we had uh, earlier in the day, we had uh, Jalen Brown ruled out. So that kind of bumped up Kemba Walker, Gordon Hayward, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum. Okay, them out. Okay, then we had news that uh, Trey Young wasn't going to play. Right? Trey Young is out. Now Jeff Teague starts. You know, Collins gets a little bit more usage. Herder, you know, gets a little bit more, gets more usage. Uh, and then we had, uh, obviously, the big, the big, we knew yesterday that Kawhi was sitting, George is out, and Pat Bev was out. So, like, Lou Williams and Harrell, and uh, I guess Landry Schmidt, they become now underpriced. Then we got the news <laughs> that Marvin Bagley was out. So, Marvin Bagley's out. Now we got the Deadman. Giles, Tolliver, you know, what's what's the Kings going to do with their center situation? And then the latest news was, uh-oh, Drummond's out. I don't know. Maybe did he caught, caught wind of an avocado or something? I don't know. I don't know what it was. But he's out. So that opened up the door for, like, a Thon Maker or Christian Wood. You know, the front court minutes were there. So you have to really react. You have to, I mean, my player pulling, I'm setting it up at 6 o'clock before the Drummond news. Then all of a sudden, Drummond news hits, and now it's like, okay, back to the drawing board. I mean, I'm pretty much playing the same player pool, but now the strategies have changed. Now my lineup constructions have changed. So looking at yesterday's slate, just between, I I pulled up here on on Results DB, the 200K alley-oop, which is uh, like the 555, the $20 bonanza, $20.20 bonanza, and the four-point play, the, the $4 one. I highlight this every I highlight this every every slate just to beat it into your head. If you're playing lower stakes, take advantage of late news because we'll look at the Christian Wood ownership. Higher stakes, 67%. Lower stakes, 35%. That was the latest news. Like Lou Williams was owned. I mean, pretty much, right? Lou Williams was done. I mean, people knew that. People knew Williams. People knew Harold. Right, not much disparity because that was earlier. That was, we knew that yesterday. Uh, Gordon Hay. I mean, once the Jalen Brown news came in earlier in the day, more people are aware of that. But the Trey Young news, okay, a little less. I mean, Teague was owned, but I mean, a little less owned in the four dollar, but still fifty three percent owned at the twelve game slate. But the main thing is like, look at Markeith Morris. Here's here's a perfect example. Keep uh, Wood didn't start, but I mean, he has tons of usage. He's going to close out the Habs and whatever. So Wood was a great play in and of itself for 4,000. Uh, but Keith got the start at power forward and he was probably going to see 28, 28 minutes. I mean, between him, Thon Maker, Christian Wood, there were enough minutes to go around. In the higher stakes, Mark Keith was 16% owned. In the $20, he was 10% owned. In the $4, he was 4% owned. Okay, we didn't get the starting lineup until what, like 6.30 Eastern, a half an hour before lock? The lower stakes players didn't take advantage. He put up 30 fantasy points, which was, you know, 7X for his, what, $4,200 salary? That was pretty good. We had a lot of guys in the, in the cheap end that had put up 30 point, about 30 points. So I always highlight this looking at the disparity between higher stakes and lower stakes. 
So we also take a look at where did where did players get leverage? Where did the higher stakes players get leverage? A lot of them went to Nikola Jokic against the Rockets, right? The Rockets, little limited defense, pace up. I know MPJ was out, right? That was news late, right? We got news that uh, Michael Porter Jr. wasn't was was out. So people are like, okay, now Barton Jokic, they become a little bit better, a little bit more of the 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 uh, the burden of the offense is going to be on the better players. I mean, it's less so on the Tory Craigs, although he had a good game, and less so on maybe Monty Morris, but he was okay. And especially, and I think this is the key, and this is why I talk about lineup construction a lot, is that Montrez Harrell used to be power forward and center eligible. Now he's just center eligible. Harrell was clearly the truck at center. I mean, he was clearly, I mean, with, with all those guys out and him at the, you know, 7K level. Uh, but he could only fit in two slots on DraftKings, the center slot and the utility slot. So if a lot of people are filling their center slot with Montrez Harrell, all these other center only eligible players are going to be under owned. So that's why, and especially the, the expensive ones, because we had guys like Wood, who's eligible at center. We had Markeith, I believe, is eligible at center. Nerland's Noel. We got the Steven Adams news. Noel is eligible at center. Uh, Deadman with Bagley out was eligible at center. So like those higher price, like the Townses and the Jokic's, those types of guys, even Aldridge eligible at center, Siakam eligible at center. We're going to go under run because there's not, there's no spots to put them in. If you're playing, if a lot of people are playing Harold, doesn't mean you don't play Harold, but you can play them both together. Right, it just means that there's one less slot that that player could play. So we see in the higher stakes, a lot of people. I mean, Collins was center eligible, so a lot of people may have not played Collins Harold. They may have played Collins and Jokic, or maybe they played Harold and Jokic and no Collins. Jeff Teague was still owned across the board. He was actually in the winning lineup, even though he only scored eighteen point seven five points at high ownership. He was still in the winning lineup. So looking at this. We can see this is what I do every day. This is what you should be doing. Looking at results DB, seeing the disparity in ownership. And we would, let's take a look at, at Zion Williamson had like a million points in like two minutes. 1% owned in the higher stakes, 10% owned in the lower stakes, right? Guy in a minutes limit or a suspected minutes limit that needs super, super efficiency, which he did get there. Typically more of a fade. Right, but I could see on FanDuel if if you played him on FanDuel, I think that I think that was fine. But I mean, you could have played you could have played him on DraftKings. But I mean, but that's the reasoning behind that type of fade. But we even take a look at look at Rudy, Rudy Gobert. Like I said, high price centers, very hard to fit in. Higher owned at high stakes, he got fifty two points. Lower owned at lower stakes. I mean, not a humongous disparity, but it's it's there. So you could go through and look and see who people played, what stakes levels, that type of thing. And then we could go, let's go to the $20 Bonanza, the $20 and 20 cent Bonanza, because they want to be cute, right? Well, it's 2020. Let's add 20 cents to it. So now, now you're, you're, it looks, how many total entries? It's a, I need to, I need to get change back. I don't want to feel like I need to get change back from the guy, from the person at the register. Like, like, oh, here's two dimes. And you just kind of put it in your glove compartment or something. Why can't I just make it 20 bucks? I don't need the cutesy cutesy. Uh, so I pulled up a couple. I pulled up uh, about seven top players, GPP players, ownership percentages. 
And we see across the board, I sorted by by average field, you know, the ownership. So even though Lou Williams didn't put up like a GPP relevant score, 34.5 at high ownership, I mean, take a look at Williams and Teague. Neither Williams and Teague really was like necessary, right? Uh, they were still high owned. So like Giant Squid, 89%. Super Me, 85%. Utica was under, but 54%, 74%. Papa Gates, 98%. The winner, Ergberg, 84%. Look at Teague. Super Me was the only one to like go significantly under. Like, really, like a fade Teague. But, I mean, for the most part, look at this. Look at the Ergberg won and locked him in. Dexter Dexter, nearly a lock. Papa Gates, Bevo, Giant Squid, still had him in nearly 50% of lineups, which is a little underweight, but still half of 150 lineups. Same for Gordon Hayward. Look at Gordon Hayward. Didn't do it. I mean, he was a snowflake at 23.25. Papa Gates primarily faded him. But if you take a look at the leverage, like don't look at the players, look at the leverage. If you fade Teague, who did he play more of? Okay. We go down a lot more Booker. We see Booker here. 3% owned. He only got 23 points. Didn't make him a bad play, but a 3% owned Devin Booker got you off. Uh, he Booker fills a shooting guard spot. So that's a spot that Lou Williams would be in. So because Lou Williams is high owned, Booker would be low owned. Same thing we said about Harrell and Jokic. We see uh, one of the things that I did yesterday is took advantage of the scarce small forward position. And I'll show you even my exposures. These are my exposures. And Hayward was a, was a great play. The Celtics blew him out and, you know, Hayward didn't get there. But through my exposures, I noticed that as far as plays were concerned, like small forward was, was a, there were no like value plays at small forward. There's no one that really fit in small forward that I wanted to play that was cheap. And since Gordon Hayward was 5,800, I knew he was going to be popular. I knew like Shemet was like the cheapest guy, but I knew he was going to gain ownership. So I didn't want to go like heavy on Shemet as my small forward, but that uh, Jimmy Butler was playing the Wizards. The Wizards are a great matchup. He was eighty five hundred, small forward eligible, and his projected ownership was nine percent on Rotogrinders. He ended up being six percent. I played thirty nine percent of him. I played Bradley Beal at twenty percent exposure. I played some Will Barton because of the, the the MPJ news. Then maybe maybe he gets a bump. I played some Joe Ingles because at least he's like 5,300. It's like 500 away from Hayward. So Ingles could fit into lineups that have like Lou Williams and Harold, but don't have Hayward. So I looked at this and I go, well, I need, I need a place to get leverage. Small forward, I thought was a place to get leverage. And I thought center was a place to get leverage. So look, I had 40% Dwayne Dedman. I should have probably gone a little bit more on Wood and Markeith, but I tried to, I went under on Harold. And tried to I tried to get all as much get some leverage at center, but I didn't know like who necessarily. So like I split it amongst Jokic, Aldridge, Sabonis, some Towns, some Gobert, some Adebayo, something like that. So the higher price centers to try to fit in. But I also had the cheap guys, Deadman, Wood, Markeith. So like if I was playing Harrell, I could play Harrell with Deadman, Harrell with with Keith, Harrell with Noel. And then, then the higher price ones would be like Jokic with Deadman and no Harrell. And in those lineups with no Harrell, I had Lou Williams. 
Because even if you take a look at my player groups, I had multiple player groups. And one of my player groups, if I could find it, was this. Keeping Lou Williams and Harold out of lineups together. Not because they don't correlate. It's because Williams-Harold combinations would be highly chalky in GPPs. So in order for me to get away from a chalky construction in my 85 lineups, I chose to not play any of these two together. Now, if I wanted to still play some of them together, I would set up basically rules so that in like, I could have done this. I could have done like, let's say these three guys are are chalky. Let's say Teague, let's throw in Teague there. So if I have a group like this in lineup HQ, and you could, if you have 200 likes, if we get 200 likes on that Grinders Live video today at 5.20, the show tonight, right? if we get that, this is part of my complete MME process video. So like, you'll get that on Friday for free. You can watch it. It's an hour long. It'll teach you. It'll show you how I'm doing all of this. Uh, so, so watch, watch it, 5.20, Grinders Live, get 200 likes. And hit the thumbs up button on this video. You should like me, right? I hope so. Uh, but I would say, like, let's say I didn't, I wanted to play Williams and Harold together but I didn't want to have a chalky construction. So maybe I add the four chalkies players, Williams, Harrell, Hayward, and Teague, and go at most play two. Right? I could have done that. I could have done, okay, well, now I can still get Williams and Harrell lines. But I can't get Williams, Harrell, Hayward. I can't get Teague, Harrell, Williams. I can't get Teague, Hayward, Harrell. I can't get three of them. So it, it allows me to get me Williams, Harrell lineups, but still stay off of a more chalky construction i could have done i chose not to but but i didn't uh i could have done that so just showing you what what i did matt scholl in the chat says listen to your advice and one i'm a low stakes player played the tuesday wednesday slate on yahoo faded the tuesday game played the news on wednesday craig at 0.3 percent noel at three percent second place in three dollar gpp very good see that's optionality you left yourself open, especially when Wednesday slate obviously is a bigger slate. I mean, Tuesday was one game. So leaving yourself optionality sometimes works out for you. Blender, can you show me a few of your groups from last night? Sure, Donnie. I'll show you. This is the if you're in the YouTube chat, you get priorities. So if people are like listening on the app or watching the video on the Raw Roto Grinders videos page and not participating, well, you lie. I wish you would do this. Like just uh, just go into YouTube. There's some of my other groups uh, last night. Like, uh, uh, where is it? Where did it go? Oh, that's for today. Okay. So, like, here's one that I did. Deadman Wood Maker. Okay? Like, if Maker's going to get, like, I think Maker and Wood, like, if Wood gets into trouble or Maker gets into trouble, like, I don't want to play them both together. And I typically maybe don't want to play the opposing center against them. So, there's, like, this is, to me, I consider this what I call a foul trouble group. You don't have to do this, okay? It's something that I do uh, some, most of the time. So I'm like, if Deadman gets into foul trouble, like that helps other players. If Wood, if Baker gets into foul trouble, it helps Wood. So I don't want them both in the same lineup together. Lowry and Van Vliet, I played. I didn't want to play them both together. That seems obvious, right? Two guards in the same backcourt. One of them hits a set. Van Vliet hit their ceiling and Lowry, snowflake. Most likely... At their prices, at 6,600, I don't think they both hit 40 often enough. Here's one. Only one of the Celtics. So I played Hayward, Tatum, Walker, Smart, but I never played them. See, max one. At their prices, I'm like, I don't mind having one of them, just not two of them. 
And I got like Butler and Adebayo together, two high-priced players on the same team. Less like less likely that they both hit their ceiling together. Doesn't mean they can't. It's just less likely at eighty-five hundred and eighty-four hundred. Shamed and Williams. I'm like, if I'm going to play Williams, I'm not going to play also Chalky Shamed in the same lineup. I'll play one or the other. Harold Zubach and J. Michael Green. This is kind of a foul trouble type of group, also a minutes group. If Zubach gets into foul trouble or whatever, like I don't want to play Zubach and Harold in the same lineup. They typically don't share the court together. Teague, Hurter, and Collins. I only wanted to play one of them because this was a chalky. The Hawks were going to be much more chalky. So, like, I didn't want to. Pl- I didn't want to play Teague, Collins, Williams, Harold line. I mean, like, half my lineup is essentially the entire chalk. I'd rather stay away from that construction. So I made that type of group. Also played Monty Morris, Jokic, and Barton. Only one of them because all because because they're going to be lower owned as it is, and I just don't want to play two of them together. I did the same with Harden and Westbrook. I played both of these guys, just not together. So I played some Harden, some Westbrook. So you see these types of groups that I make are dependent on the player pool that I have. If I decided to not play Harden at all, then I wouldn't need this group because I'm only playing Westbrook. If I'm not playing either of them, I don't need any of these groups. Okay? Here's a, here's a conditional group. I played a little bit of De'Aaron Fox. And the only reason I played a little bit of De'Aaron Fox is because the the – uh, the Pistons were going to be chalky with with Drummond out, so but I still wanted to play Pistons, so I wanted to play Pistons lineups that had some type of correlation. Like if I was going to play some De'Aaron Fox, which I didn't play a lot of, but in lineups that have De'Aaron Fox, I want to play at least one to two of Rose Maker Wood, right? And I already have a group, obviously, that Maker and Wood can't appear in the same lineup. So essentially, what I'm saying is that if Fox is in the lineup. I want you to also put in Rose and one of Thon Maker or Christian Wood. Because if Fox gets, it's a close game. Fox gets there. He puts up 50 plus points. Most likely uh, Pistons value gets there also. So these are the types of groups that I'm making. After I, if I didn't want to play Thon Maker, then I wouldn't have to worry about Jimbo G says, I love small slates and single entry builds. Single entries build up bankroll. Yeah, that's definitely. Let's see. I thought DeRozan could have a big game, but he doesn't either. I didn't play him. I mean, you could play it. They're good players. Look at yesterday. Russell Westbrook put up 69 points and like he was like 7% owned. Play good players at low ownership. That's what I did with Butler and Beal. I played a little Westbrook also. I played some LeBron. I played, you know, you play good players. I'm not playing $3,000 play. If I'm going to play a $3,100 player, it's going to be Dwayne Dedman. It's not, it's going to be Reggie Jackson. It's going to be someone in an, in an uptick. I'm not going to just try to find a bench guy. I'm not playing, uh, I'm not, I'm not, why, why am I playing Daniel House when I could just play Markeith Morris in an upgraded situation? Just play that. Blender, do you have a range of outcomes percentage you like to use in lineup? No, I, I, my lineup, my, my uh, build rules are always zero percent, but I'm controlling everything through min max. See, look what I do here. I control everything through my groups, like I can't have Williams and Harold in the same thing, and then through my exposures. I want to make sure I, I, I. This is not like I just ran this once. Like I've run this like fifty times. So like this is the final of what I've uploaded, but I've run this and go, well, I have way too much of this guy or, whoa, why am I getting too much of this? Or I scroll through some of this and I go, oh, I don't like the way this combination looks at. So then I go through and I rebuild and I rebuild and I rebuild. But this is the type of process that you could see 
in that Roto Academy video. If you have premium, you can see it right now. Just go to rotogrinders.com slash premium, sign up, 40 bucks a month. You get the whole library, whole video and every library for Roto Academy. And Grinders Live tonight, 520. You get up to 30, uh, 200, 230, 30 is too low. 200 likes on that video, you get it for free on Friday. So you can watch it on Friday. Better you better be around on Friday if we get 200 likes and like that like and subscribe right now, right? My coffee's getting cold. Do it for me because as this show goes on, my coffee gets colder, and then it's it's a waste. I hate cold. I I don't mind iced coffee, but I just don't like like lukewarm and it's getting getting cold coffee. So do me a solid and hit that thumbs up button for the fact that my coffee is getting. It's getting it's it's okay. It's lukewarm, but within ten minutes, it's not going to be good. But leverage is what you should be looking at. Like I was building lineups based on leverage because it's a twelve game slate and people are going to go under own. So that that's why you see like Devin Booker. I mean, take a look at uh, who who are we going to like the win, the winner Ergberg. Look at his strategy. Just lock button Teague. Screw it. John Collins eighty six percent. Big stands, Hayward. Hayward was a dud, right? 23.25, he was 46% owned. The winner of the $20 Bonanza had 73% of them. Those liners were dead. He won with the other 27% of his liners. He had Ben Simmons, 43, kind of semi-pedestrian, right? He had, he had, I mean, he had bad players in this, but he also had 33% Bradley Beal, double the field. He had more than double the field of Derrick Rose's 47, right? John Collins, he had him in 80. He had three times more the amount of the field that John Collins. John Collins went up at 67. He had way overweight positions on guys that were like you needed. So that's so that's why he won. He took big positions. If we take a look here, who faded Teague? So let's say Superman. Like he went under on Teague. But if you notice, let me take a look. Where where is he? Who played Goodwin? Someone did that. Okay, no, it was Giant Squid. So in Giant Squid's exposures, he went under. He still played tons of teak. Okay, he didn't full fade pretty much. I mean, he didn't go way like Super Me. Forty eight percent. So like, if you're gonna fade teak, who are you gonna play more of? Right, he played enough of Collins. But he played a lot more Herder. So look, Herder, 18%. Well, he played 35, but he went under on Teague. Because if Teague doesn't do well, maybe Herder does. But also maybe Brandon Goodwin. Brandon Goodwin was 1% owned, put up 28 points. He beat Teague. So looking for where the leverage, direct leverage on a player. He also did the same thing that I did. Played a lot of Deadman. Dead, if it wasn't for the fact that Drummond was ruled out yesterday, which made Chris Wood a better play than Deadman and Noel and Zubach and those guys. Deadman would have been higher owned. But because of the news, Deadman got lowered ownership. Now, Keith, look how many of these guys, look look how many. Keith was 10% owned. Tons of sharp players played Keith. I mean, they played Wood also, but a lot of people also made lineups with Markeith Morris. They also, I mean, so guard with Lou Williams being chalky, 
players tried to find guard leverage. Giant Squid played Lowry a lot. Played a lot of Kemba. Played a lot of Westbrook at 7%. Now, Lowry didn't get there, but that was the strategy. Like, other people didn't go to Lowry, but other people went to Booker. Look, James Harden, 36%. Bevo. Like, we could see, if you sort in results DB by just the field percentage in the contest, you look for these blue boxes and see where they kind of got a lot of leverage. Booker, Thon, Maker. They said, uh, a lot of people are going to take Wood. I'm going to take Maker. Reggie Jackson playing playing the cheap guard. So, like, Reggie Jackson, 65%. Teague, underweight. You can't fit it. Hayward, 16, Papa Gates, 16%. So, where is a small forward leverage? Small forward leverage. Let's take a look. Small forward. Who else is small forward eligible? He had some Beal. He had, that's power forward. Here, Ben Simmons, small forward eligible, 32%. Who else is small forward eligible? He's not small forward eligible. Anyone else? No small. Oh, who's that 11% down there? 11%. Kent Bazemore. Oh, Papa Gates went to Bazemore. Cheap small forward. Langston Galloway. Now he's only guard eligible. But you see, I'm looking for where do they try to get leverage? Where do they get correlation and leverage? Not who did they play? Who did they think was going to do well? But how did they build lineups for large field GPPs that maximize their chances of winning, depending on the ownership and construction and all that stuff? So going back to the chat, so uh, we're going to get into today's, I mean, it's only a three-game slate, so I figure, you know, how much time can I necessarily spend on a three-game slate with initial projections and, like, who knows? Who knows what news is going to happen? We don't. We don't know. So going back into the chat, if you have any strategy questions or you want to see anything, I'm an open book. So ask anything. I mean, I saved my bill from yesterday. If you wanted to look or ask questions or anything, uh, I had some lineups get close, get close up there, but... Not all of I, I really, I wish I played less Hayward. I was trying so hard to play as much small forward and get Hayward out of lineups. The thing that I didn't realize, see, I can, I make mistakes also is that I, I also didn't realize that Hayward was power forward eligible. So like, I think had I noticed a little bit more, I was so concerned that Hayward was going to be in small forward slots that I was just like, I didn't realize the power forward ownership would also affect it. So I think I would have played if I would have, instead of capped my wood Keith and maker exposure at 50, at 1535, I, I could have gotten less of them. Like if I would have switched this up to like 50 and Keith up to 50 and maker up to like 25, if I would have done something like that, I probably would have gotten, if I would have maybe put like some bonus at 25 or all, or instead of even doing that, like leave them at twenties, and just like upped Collins to like 25. If I would have like, and then generated this, Hayward would probably wouldn't have been, would have bounced from 58% exposed to like 40, like 18% of it would have been gone. Cause I would have been able to fit cheaper guys into power forward and not into, in, into small forward. I mean, he's in mostly small forward spots, but I mean, he's also appeared in power forward slots. So there's, there's a little construction mistake, little multi entry, I wasn't, well, especially with late news, you're just trying to react as much as possible. Can't wait for this blender book. Okay, it, it, it has nothing to do with roto grinders, but uh, still in the process of writing it. 
Blender, how did you combine these groups with your min-max exposures to successfully ending get, getting up so much of someone like Jokic? Well, because I was playing, I mean, I was, look look how little Harrell I had. I had 26% Harrell. Like, who else, how else am I going to get that? I mean, I only had 19% Jokic. It's not like I had a ton of him, but he was, he was single-digit owned, right? How much more do I need? I mean, I was just looking, I didn't know what center would be the center that goes. I wasn't targeting Jokic. I was just targeting high price centers. So that's why I included high price centers into my pool. And I let the projections dictate where they went. In. As long as I was getting 5% of each of them, I didn't care. Whether it be town, because they're standalone. Like, I don't care. Uh, Gobert, Towns, Bam, Aldridge, Sabonis. It's like, they're not correlated really with anyone. I mean, I'm not playing many people in those games or anything. So it's just a matter of, like, I'm going to just put them all at 5%, include them in my pool. I'm going to cap Harold's, you know, I'm going to cap higher i want more of the lower price centers and then just i saw i was not getting as enough apparel and i was fine with that what's a good percentage to put for players if you like them it depends on the builds that you're making according to philip galvan in in the chat remember i don't like players i'm just telling you how i play maybe other people do i literally don't predict outcomes i just look at the all i do is look at i could take off the name column and just look at this projections and ownership column which is for premium, you get the premium projections. You get the ownership percentages. If you're on premium, you get all this stuff. You don't get this. I, I don't know why I was trying to cover it with my hand. You can't see my hand. But you don't get any of this. You could use lineup HQ. You could use, like, the base projections. You could import your own. You're not going to get ownership or anything. That's why I use this. I look at these columns. I don't look at these names. Names? What do the names mean? Anything. Names don't mean anything to me. These being the here you go, point per dollar, RGB, floor ceiling, ownership. That that's what means to me. So I don't like any. Is it a good idea to use lineup HQ for a single entry line? I mean, you can. Lineup HQ is not necessarily to build lineups. It has information. If you're a premium member, you get the the, the projections, the ownership. I can look. I'm this is the screen I'm looking at the most throughout the day. Projections. And then I could see. Like, for instance, for today's slate, I run 300 lineups and see what comes up. So based on our initial projections, who stands out to be in more optimal lineups? Because we don't have ownership yet. So I see the construction based on our projections currently. It's only 11.36 in the morning. Has Whiteside, LeBron, Beal. Like, where's Kyrie? Kyrie doesn't show up as much. Kevin Love shows up more than Kyrie. Where's Luka? 2%. So based on our projections, the payup options, most likely for like a chalkier median build, cash-ish, probably currently is a LeBron white side type of build. A, a Beal LeBron white side. A lot of Ariza, some Joe Harris. I'm not saying that th- that won't change throughout the day. But that's what I'm looking at. I'm like, okay, based on optimals, what look who looks like better probability plays? But the difference between the probabilities could be like very small. So that's why, like, you take like one minute off of Joe Harris, and maybe he doesn't appear in 68 percent. Maybe he only appears in 12 percent. So like, it's really thin edges, especially on a three game slate. 
What are your thoughts about Washington being on a back-to-back overtime loss? I have no thoughts. Maybe they play well. Maybe they don't play well. It's Cleveland. I mean, the, the Cavaliers are horrible, right? I the, the news that I want to hear throughout the day, I want to see the 130 injury report. I want to see the 530 injury report. I want to see if Beal is on it. I just want to see if he's on, maybe if they list him as probable even. Or, I mean, like, I just want to see how they're going to handle Bradley Beal on a back-to-back. Uh, I think at his price on drafting is at 7,700, 30 minutes is still fine on a three-game slate. But, I mean, that's the news. Is he going to sit? If they list him as questionable, then now we now we can start talking. Because that, that's a little bit more of a sign that okay, they're going to list what they're going to do to go around the like the injury reporting thing. They're going to list him as questionable at 1.30. Then at 5.30, they're going to list him as doubtful. And they're going to make up some type of thing. They're going to say that he, you know, he tweaked his nose, right? They're going to make up something. Loaded, they're not going to call it load management. It's going to be something as sore or something or other, right? Something like that. So I think that's the sign I'm looking for. I mean, that's the first game. We'll know. That's the first game of the three games. We'll, we'll know that. So it's not like it's, oh, I need to wait. But I mean, that that to me, that's what I'm prepping of. Is Beal playing on a back-to-back? I think he does. But I mean, who knows? I, who knows? Who cares what I think? I'm just some schmuck in a room. I don't, what do I know? Uh, Kingsley Ga asked, why do you want to cap your wood exposure? Big T wouldn't. Well, you have to decide. Understand, your decisions are your own. We saw, look at that. I mean, we saw people make heavy positions. Erdberg, lock button, Teague, super me, barely any. Both are good players. Christian Wood, lock button. 32% bedwall. These are all good play. You 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 have to make a decision on the slate. Unicow, 50% Kemba that died. Does it make it a bad play? No. Chose to make lineups differently, but also had a lot of rows. And De- Devin's telling me that he... The cap my wood exposure is actually a dick joke? Well, that's what he's telling me. Did I not get it? Did I not get what it's supposed to be? I'm I'm actually trying to help people here. Devin, oh, it's all about it's all it's all about the jokes. Does big does big T ever cap his wood? Is that a thing? Capping your wood? Is that a condom joke? Are we getting thrown off of YouTube again now because I mentioned a condom? Is that happening now? I don't know. I don't know what happens with, with how we get off of YouTube. We never know what's gonna happen. Who knows? Uh, how much are you changing the RG projections? I don't change them at all. I only change them like in desperation if I'm getting like way too much of a guy and like no matter what my exposures are for some reason, it's just still giving me too much. I, I'll, I'll like just decrease it. like in, in this, like it's like, oh, I'm getting way too much Thon Maker. I'll, let me just give him 20 minutes. So at least the, 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 the builder doesn't think he's like the great, much better play than he is. But most of the time, the RG projections are great. They're, they're killer this year. Okay. So, like, I just tried. I'm making my group. I'm building positive expected value lineups as it is with the groups and the exposures and everything anyway. So there's no point in me necessarily changing the projections. I'm controlling my lineups, not just through the projections. Do you not use team player groups for NBA? You do not see? I mean, you can. I just typically use the, the actual groups. It's like players per team. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not playing. Let me look at my player pool. Like, this is my player pool from yesterday. I have 37 players. 
So let's go through team by team. I got two Sacramento. I got four Detroit, but I also have a group that I can't play like players together. So like, do I need to put no more than two Pistons? I already have a group that does that. So like, look, Orlando, OKC, I got one. Toronto, I got two. These are just my player pool. I don't have any Grizzlies in my player pool. I only have, I got, look, I could do this. Like, you know, I have the group that has uh, only play one Celtic. I mean, I could do that by going into Celtics and just doing that. And I don't need to make the group anymore, right? This equals the same thing. I only have four Celtics in my, it, it, it ends up being the same thing. But I don't want to have to go to two screens. I'd rather, even though it's probably quicker to do the team, the team player groups. Where, where? Are, oh, okay. You could go. You could even do a team group and do something like this. Yeah, I'd rather. Than, I'd rather than stay stay all in one screen. I, the way my mind works, I'd rather just know that everything I do is here. I'm so used to making like a million groups anyway, so I could quickly bang these out. So the team player groups or the the build. You know, build rules for teams. Like, I just rather, like, I know that I'm making player groups and they're all going to be here. So, for whatever reason, I need to change that. Maybe I go in, I go, maybe I want to play more than one. So, I could just go in and just go dink and then make a build. Or I could go and go, maybe I do want to play Lowry and Van Vliet together. I just disable them. So, I don't have to go to multiple screens and then wonder what, you know, what's working and what's not. Blender, do you think AD sits today? I have no idea. Why don't we just wait for the news? People ask me questions about predicting the future. I have no idea. Make a lineup. I mean, we have what uh, on this slate? What time are the games? So the Washington-Cleveland game is 7. LA game is 8. And 10.30 game is whatever. Late. 10.30. Make lineups that only have LeBron in it. Make lineups that have AD in it. I mean... Play for a situation. I'm assuming we'll find out by 530. AD, you know, at least, is he questionable? Anything? I mean, is he on the injury report? I mean, probably is on the injury report. Beal questionable for tiled glute. What, do we see that Beal is questionable? Is he on the injury report? Can we check that? They don't have an injury report, right? I'm going to bring up. You could always go to the, the, the official NBA injury report. Are the Wizards? Where are the Wizards? No, I mean from yesterday. No, he's not on the he's not he's not on the official injury report. We'll see at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. That's why I don't bother predicting this stuff. Who, who knows? It's it's 11.45 in the morning. Do you do more cash games or GPPs on smaller slates like this one? I just play less volume. A lot of times in GP some it depends. It really depends on what I feel like. The overlap. In cash games is much higher on smaller slates. Even the last yesterday was a twelve-game slate, but with all the value, I mean, like it just the lineups just made themselves. Uh, typically on smaller slates, I play just less volume. It doesn't mean I play any differently. Maybe instead of playing fifty lineups in the large field, maybe I only build three hand-built lineups for mid-stakes contests. But I think volume-wise, I'm just playing less because the 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 edge is smaller with less options. So take that for what you want. I'm not, I'm not going to play my normal cash volume on a three-game slate. Because a lot of times it's just coming down to like, did you, did you play, let's see, on this slate, did you play Isaiah Thomas? 
or did you play? Uh, did you play the who else? Uh, some someone or did, did you play the Harris? Did you play Harris or did you play Bertan? I mean, like it comes down to like like two shooting dependent guys, and whoever shoots the best that that's the double up. I mean, on a twelve game on larger slates, I think there's more disparity or at least more of an edge. Even if the lineups are duplicate, I mean, even though we see you know people playing similar lineups, like those are typically the sharper people anyway. Vegas has injury reports also and spreads total. Well, they don't have, they don't, do they have their own insider injury reports? I don't get those. Tell me where to get those. I don't know. I'm not going to react to news until the news happens. And if I'm going to build lineups, I'm going to build lineups as if a certain news item. So I don't try to predict. So maybe earlier in the day, maybe I want to go, well, what happens if Davis sits? What happens if Beal, like, I think Beal is a better option. So right now we have Beal in for 32 minutes. But if we go to Washington, we sort by RGV. Like if Beal sits and let me bring him down to zero minutes, like most likely we have to we have to we have to kind of give out 32 minutes. Okay, so maybe Bonga. I'm just I'm I'm really I'm just doing this. Don't take any of these minutes. That's why we have a projections team. Tuttle is on the projections team. Noto, Meansy, Jamino, SBK. They, they know what they're doing as far as doling out minutes. Me, I'm just kind of throwing it around. So maybe we need 32. So there's 29. There's now uh, 29 and another another four, right? 25 minutes, 25. Then we got 18 minutes to give out, 18 minutes to give out, nine minutes to give out. Now we got another four minutes to give out. Maybe, maybe, uh, does, maybe he gets a little more. Maybe Troy Brown gets 31. Okay. So I'll do something like this. I'll go, okay, this is like a Beals out. Kind of, maybe. I go, okay, who benefits? McRae, Smith. But I mean, the, the people that we do expect to, right? I mean, it's going to be the guard. It's going to be McRae's ish Brown, a little bit Thomas. So I look at this and I go, okay. It's going to be before lock anyway, so it's not like uh, like I'll need to like prepare, prepare. But maybe early in the day I do, and I go, okay, let me let me make builds and go and go through my process and make builds as if Beal is sitting, and then see what those builds look like, see what those lineups look like. But until then, I'm going to make ones that what Beal looks in. So let's say you do want to prepare earlier in the day. Maybe you make two builds. You can do that, especially in the later games. So although we'll get the Beal information, I mean, before lock, I mean, it's the first game. But we won't get maybe the eight. Let's say for some reason we don't get the AD news, right? So we go if we go to the Lakers, like if AD is out, I mean, essentially that means like Kuzma becomes a better, like Kuzma, LeBron gets a bump usage-wise. So maybe if we don't have the news, if we're not sure of the news, Maybe you do make some lineups, not all of your lineups, or you make one of your lineups, whatever amount that you want, as if Davis is out. So even though before lock at seven, you don't know, you're going to make, maybe you have 15% Kuzma. Maybe you build Kuzma LeBron lineups. Maybe you play Howard McGee. You make lineups like that. And then maybe, oh, AD's in, and you're like, okay, now what do I do? I mean, you could keep them. Sure. I mean, you could play Kuzma. 
you could play Howard and McGee. You could, or look, we got we got value in the the Dallas Portland game. So you go into entries manager and you swap out. You go, you take you take your Kuzma exposure down to zero, and uh, what Kuzma is? Let me put on all. So Kuzma is like uh, what? He's small forward eligible, right? Yeah, small forward, power forward. Kuzma's forty six hundred. Hardaway's forty seven hundred. If you have, if you have the hundred, there you go. There's a switch, right? You could play. Uh, I mean, you could you, if you need to do a zone or a little or something, go all the way down. At if he's in a small forward, Finney Smith is exactly the same price. So maybe you make Kuzma lineups. If we don't have the, if it's like AD is question, ooh, we don't know. Then uh, make Kuzma lineups, and if it's like okay, he'll play, then you switch. You, similar lineups, you take advantage of it, even if no one has the news. Then before eight o'clock, you do. Now on FanDuel, you, I mean FanDuel, you just you have to go with it and just hope for the best. You can do that. Understand, you still can do that on FanDuel. You know, you play you play the guy that benefits if a guy is ruled out and he's locked, and they still have value otherwise. It's still fine. So hit like on the video. Did that thumbs up button, that little thumbs up button that, that helps us, right? It makes us you like makes YouTube like us better, apparently. YouTube tends to hate us for I don't know why. And we never know why. Then there's no person to even talk to. Uh, but if you if you do that also, if you tune in. The Grinders Live at 5.20 p.m. tonight for this uh, for this uh, three-game slate. And you get 200 likes there, the little thumbs-up button. My complete MME video, my complete product, the Roto Academy little course thing that me and Britt did about a month or two ago or something like that, you get it for nothing. You did Normally, it's been premium, right? All of that type of content is in premium, which you sh- personally, I think you should have anyway. Rotogrinders.com slash premium. If you got 200 likes there, you get you, you could on Friday carve out an hour of your day. Only if we get up to 200 likes on Grinders Live, carve up an hour of your day and watch. There you go. Or pay for premium. You get you don't have to worry. Hey, if you're too lazy to hit the thumbs up button, then just sign up for premium. You don't have to worry. But you don't have, you don't worry about me bugging you about it, right? So if you have any more questions on tonight's slate strategy. Just post in the YouTube chat. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at the, some of the free chat stuff. Anyone in free chat in our free chat Discord? I don't know. I, I I'm sorry if I if I don't pay attention to that as much. The YouTube people get priority, I guess. Uh, but looking through currently, we have for projection wise. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, based on the 300 lineups that I built, we have like LeBron, Whiteside, Kevin Love. I think on fa- FanDuel, the Cavaliers are free. I mean, like, I don't know what the FanDuel, you could play anyone. I mean, FanDuel is just, uh, is there a point on FanDuel to play guys like Wilson Chandler? Like, don't even, don't, you don't have to. DraftKings is a little bit more so. That's why, I like, the Cleveland guys, I like in the matchup against the, the Wizards, just that FanDuel, they're much, they're priced better on FanDuel. Right? On, on DraftKings, they're efficient. They're, they're fine. I don't have anything wrong with that. But I'm, I'm more likely on FanDuel to stack the Cavaliers than on DraftKings. Like, I don't think I'm, I think at the prices, 8,100, like if I build a rule today, I'll probably leave out uh, Love and Sexton from the same line. Love, uh, if I need 50 from him, I I mean, I'm going to need like 40 from Sexton. I mean, I guess they could both get there against the Wizards. I guess they can. 
It's a 231 and a half total. But I think that like those are the rules. Like, or like if I'm gonna play Kyrie Irving, I'm obviously not gonna play Dinwiddie with him at seven thousand. Right? That that doesn't seem to make any sense, right? So those are the types of things I'm looking for, especially on a three-game slate. Like a lot of people are going to play like Trevor Rees is going to be popular, right? I'm expecting so. Uh, so like builds that are like Ariza, Whiteside, Beal, like I may want to group out and like not be as chalk, especially when the chalk is going to be so much more condensed on a three-game slate because there's, there's just less options. How does back-to-back with travel affect jump shooters? I have no idea. I don't know. Does it? It's a basketball question. What do I know about basketball? Is there data on that? Do we have data? If if, if there's data on that, I'm I'm willing to look at it, do some research. Do you X out players out of the play? Yes. Dude, look at my, look at, this is my player pool. Okay. This is my player pool from yesterday. 37 players. I X'd out 202 players. Okay. So look, here's all the players that I X'd out. Didn't play in Capella, Simmons, Brogdon, Siakam, Randall, Vucevic, Valanciunas, Bielitsa, Levine, Aiton, Ball, Harrod. I mean, look at all these players I didn't play. I don't X out players. I X out everyone. And then I just include the players that I want. So these are the players that I included. So I don't, I don't think in terms of Xing out, I think in terms of Xing in, I'm building, you know, I build 85 lineups with 37 players. Cause a lot of people ask me in the discord. It's like, Oh, I built a hundred lineups and I got way too much Kelly Oubre. I got, I got, Oh, I got Kelly Oubre stuck in six lineups with a dud. And I asked them, Said, did you want to play Kelly Oubre? He goes, no, not really. I said, so why was he in your player? He wouldn't have been stuck into lineups if he just didn't have him in the player pool. So that's why I only include players that I want to play in my player pool. On a small slate, do you prefer a balanced builder, stars, and scrubs? It, dep- it depends on the value. There's no one thing to do. If you're playing large field GPPs, you want to try to win first. You want to try to win high. So. If it's going to be a stars and scrubs chalk build, build the balance build. If it's going to be a balance build, build the stars and scrubs build. So it's not a matter of is it a small slate or a large. It's it what it's what's the chalky construction, what's the not chalky construction. So the slate size doesn't really matter for that. It depends on the specific slate. What do we think about Mellow tonight? I don't know. I said it on the Morning Grind podcast. I like. I don't. I don't think I'm going to play Mellow and 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 and, uh, and Ariza in the same line. I get. I guess Mellow could get there at six thousand, and Ariza with Ariza still on the court because Ariza's thirty five hundred. So, like, how much reasonably do you need from him on a three game slate? Just at Mellow at six thousand. Yes, if he shoots well, he gets there. The question is, is he going to shoot well? Who knows. So understand that when you're building your lineups, play Carmelo as a more of a higher variance play. Okay. Someone that if he shoots hot, he crushes. If he doesn't, snowflake. Watch the video. He X's them all. And yeah, I mean, I literally like, this is what I'll do. I'll show you exactly what I'll do. You know, a half an hour, an hour before the slate here. Options exclude all. 
done. And then I'll go in. Let's say, for instance, I'm just, this is hypothetical, by the way. This is not exactly what I'll do because I'm just going through. I'll go to each team. I'll go, okay, I want Beal. Uh, is there anyone else I want? No. Cleveland. I want Love, Sexton, Garland. L.A. I'll take LeBron. I'll take Irving. Irving and Jared Allen. Dallas, I'll take Luca, Hardaway, Cleaver, Vinny Smith. And on Portland, I'll take Whiteside, Ariza, Anthony. Okay? I'll do something like that. And I'll go back and I'll go, okay. These are the guys that I'm playing. How do I build 40 lineups with these guys? Who do I need in and out? Like, can I play Luca and uh, LeBron together? Where's LeBron? Like, they're very expensive. I'm going to need cheaper guys, right? If I play these two together, like, it's going to have a lot of a reason in it. I'm probably, I probably can't even do it. So I may have to go back and look for a cheaper guy so I can play that type of stars and scrubs lineup. Right. Could I put in Didwitty by accident? I don't know. I mean, that's what I do. I exclude them all. I include and then include the ones that I want to play. Isaac Bonga Lock. That's a good way to end the show. Someone calling an Isaac Bonga Bonga Lock. A Bonga Lock? That sounds that sounds like uh I don't know what that sounds like. It sounds like capping your wood. What's Bonga even projected for? Yeah. Great. The ceiling of 20. Good luck with that. I guess maybe it Beal's out. I mean, Bonga had that good game before, right? He did. He It could happen. Anything could happen, right? Anything could happen in GPP. And anything could happen on the DFS pregame show. So if you like this show, thumbs up, subscribe. Grinders Live tonight, 520, 200. Get you my uh, MME complete process video from Roto Academy, which is only available under... Roto-Grinders Premium, rotogrinders.com slash premium. Uh, so if you do that tonight, you'll get it on Friday. Sit down, spend an hour, look through my entire uh, MME process. And uh, and I think uh, we got we got Mangone tomorrow, right? Travis is on tomorrow? Travis is on tomorrow. Okay. Which, I mean, you're going to get someone that speaks quicker than I do. So hopefully he's able to, uh, he could give you like three hours of content in one hour. So I hope you continue to like this show. I think think this 11 a.m. show is one of the best shows in the entire industry, I think. And maybe it's a little biased because I'm on three times a week. But whatever. Why wouldn't I be biased? So uh, so I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blenderhead, on tonight's three-game slate. Uh, If I'm not on top of the standings in your contest, I hope you are, right? Because I'd rather lose to someone that watches the show than lose to someone that isn't watching the show. So for the, the, the have fun with Travis tomorrow. And that has been the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.